Welcome to a new kind of PD, Teaching Channel's podcast where we tackle challenges in education and provide ways to inspire and engage in meaningful professional development. I'm Erica Snyder, Engagement Coordinator for Teaching Channel, coming to you from our location in New York City. This week, Engagement Manager Paul Teske is interviewing Michelle Roundy, instructional coach, teacher, and professional learning provider for Jackson Hole High School in Teton, Wyoming. They'll be discussing how to transition to a blended studio model for professional learning, all without subs, by using video as a key element to their process. As always, we'll close out the show with how to inspire PD about this topic in vibrant collaborative ways. Thanks for being here, and be sure to check out the podcast description for links to materials related to today's show. Class is now in session. Okay, welcome everyone. Um, I'm here with Michelle Roundy from Teton County Schools, um, who will talk about some of the work that she's doing um, around PLCs and video. So welcome, Michelle. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Great. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about your background in education and who you are? Of course. Um, So I began as a certified English teacher. here in um, Jackson and that was in 2010 Uh, but prior to that I was a writer by trade and I also um, taught Spanish at an alternative middle school and um, but I I was focusing primarily on writing before I came um, became a teacher and with a lot of experience in the ski lift and aviation industries so I really worked a lot with people who were in um, like the corporate planning stages of aviation and ski lift building. Uh And so that was kind of my focus and learning how to write in that technical field. Um, So I bring a lot of that into my coaching work. So I'm an instructional coach now. I became an instructional coach full-time a couple years ago and started half-time about four years ago. Uh Um, And my passion in, in coaching is mostly around literacy in both English and Spanish as well as um, elevating the way that we think about adult learning and and how we can change what PD looks like. Interesting. Um, so who are the students that you're serving in Teton? So we have a pretty diverse population. We have about 20-plus um, percent Latino population, a lot of them not um, coming in um, with a full language capacity, English language capacity. Um, and so there's a very, very levels of that. Um, and then we have a very wealthy uh, percentage in our population. And um, then we also have um, sort of like the uh, farming agricultural community that has been here in the Valley for a long, long time. So very diverse population in our school. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about what you're going to share with us today. Um, what have you been working on? So we've been working on a, um, what we're calling blended studio and we're calling it blended because a lot of it happens, um, by using video, we use a teaching channel. So, uh, reflection happening online. Um, and we, we wanted to try this because we actually have a, a real problem here with, with subs. And we're also trying to move toward a a wholly uh, job-embedded PD rather than always pulling teachers out of the classroom. So where the learning can happen in the moment live. Um, And as we know about studio, that's a really powerful time to learn when teachers can be together in the classroom. But it's very hard to do with scheduling and trying to get subs. 
Mm-hmm. So, could you um, tell me a bit about what you mean by studio? Could you define that for us a bit? What that looks like? Right. So, um, there's a, a lot of different opinions on what studio is, but what we think of studio is where teachers come together, thinking about possibly a new learning around content and instruction, a strategy, or um, some new learning, and then they plan a lesson or plan. Um, the instruction in the side of the lesson or, or produce new content and then they go in and try it on together um, where it might just be one lead teacher and other teachers observing or multiple teachers at the, teaching at the same time that depends on what they want to try and then we, we observe we collect data and we go back out and reflect and debrief on that okay great and so you're using the teaching channel for this process now or is that, um, is that different? we hope to we, we hope to. This was truly a pilot. Um, this is the first time we've ever done it. It was very successful. Great. Um, so tell me more about it. Right. So what we did was, um, we. so this year our math team has been focusing on aligning to the Common Core at the high school. Well, K to, through 12, but I'm at the high school. And um, they have been working very hard all year long at developing content. So really um, developing units and writing benchmark assessments. So they, they I actually um, weren't focusing as much as we have in the past in this district on instruction. And about mid-year really noticed that this content, this new content, um, and the alignment to the Common Core required them to, to, to really start focusing on instruction and how you actually can help these students um, meet these standards. So they, they really show the need for some kind of work around instruction, which is we, how we use Studio in this district. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, because we had worked with a consultant um, around multiple strategies um, in teaching, we decided to focus on number talks because we could knew, we knew that we could do it in multiple grade levels and didn't matter what math class it is. They could all study um, how students talk about math and how we can help them talk about math. Mm-hmm. Um, so they decided to focus on number talks. And so prior to the, to the day, so the studio took place on one day. Yeah. Um, but we had to, you have to do with studio, if you do studio, the, our traditional version of studio, you spend a lot of time in a room together talking about um, the plan and the, and the strategy and, and the, um, what they expect kids to be able to do. And, and so this was going to be a challenge. This was a challenge without having subs. So what we did was um, we provided the new learning. We connected the new learning from when our cell consultant was here to some readings, some professional reading um, from instructional rounds to help some of our new teachers who have never been in other classrooms observing and collecting information. So they needed to learn how to be really descriptive and think about, um, so unlearning to judge, learning to see, kind of. Yeah. Um, and then they studied uh, some materials around number talks. And then we came up with this real ideal. So in the ideal, this is what we would like to see if number talks were happening all the time in the classroom, this is what we'd like to see students be able to do. And we also described what we predicted students were going to do 
because they hadn't done this yet. And so then we looked at those two and tried to decide how we're going to start closing that gap. And we call that a link to instruction hmm. or implications for instruction. Interesting. Do you think you'd be able to share some of those documents uh, with us? Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, I would love to see um, the protocols around talking and observing and how you went about doing that, um, as well as the, the materials on number talks. Um, and I love the idea of um, talking about the ideal or what success looks like in the end to help guide your work. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, so do you want to share some of the work? Do you want to show it visually? Yeah. So um, this is the, um, the math team studio group. And so what I did was created um, three different phases so that, that we could, they wanted to have this be less complicated than some of the learning plans that we do with individual coaching cycles. Mm -hmm. um, so I revamped how I do coaching cycles. And so really this is a three-phase process. And phase one is the piece I was telling you about how we got ready. And so um, in the research and goal setting section, um, this is at first what you're looking at right now our, our video from when the cell consultant was here and she actually modeled a number talk in one of our high needs classrooms. Wow. Um, this got the conversation going and um, then prior to the studio, so the week before we are actually going to be in each other's classrooms, uh, we did two things. We read this learning to see and learning to judge, which is a chapter out of instructional rounds. Mm -hmm. And really what this chapter talks about is, is getting out of this, um, you know, this, uh, this language of, um, that was good. That was bad. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm not really a math person like this example you see right here and really actually getting good at technically describing what you're seeing. And so the chapter just really, um, describes the the way you do this but also the rationale behind that and that is really to help us be working together as teachers and being hard on the practice uh, hard on the work but not on the teacher so we're taking the pressure off the teacher and putting it more on like what is it what is it that we're actually seeing kids being able to do what is the instruction that's getting there and be be very descriptive yeah. so this was a really powerful read and as you can see and and the reason like I said before the reason why we had to do this is some of our teachers have been very involved in studio in the past and have had a lot of training around this yeah. and other teachers are brand new so they've never when they go into a classroom they're like oh I really like that post post you know the poster on the wall and right so which is great but what we really want to do is train ourselves to have the focus what is it that we're looking for how do we describe it mm -hmm. um, and so Mm -hmm. I had them reflect around that. That's great. Um, I like it. So they, yeah, so that just kind of gave them some grounding understanding of the purpose for this work. And the purpose is to really get clear on what instruction and um, learning looks like. Mm -hmm. And to be able to, to use that information and reflect and to, to change our practice. So then after that, the second part of the pre-studio planning was to actually really think about what it was they were going to teach. And so I provided them two resources on number talks, um, and this was um, help that I got from our district math coordinator. Mm -hmm. um, and 
we are struggling finding a lot of really solid high school examples of number talks. And so one of our goals is, is to find that or to produce it mm -hmm. <laughs> because there's a lot of elementary and middle school examples out there, but not a lot of high school. That's an interesting so, point. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so that's the, the first two are, resources for them to just think about what a number talk is and what it could potentially look like. That's like the content piece uh, the, and the lesson planning. But then the most important, not the most important, but really before we go into a classroom, we really need to get clear on what, what, what the ideal and what the real is. And so um, as I predicted, this was actually a real barrier. I'd actually asked them to do this independently and um, in the past, as a coach, we've never done this where we've asked people to do this independently. So I, I actually was thinking this may be a barrier. So I ended up that they, they were like not sure and they kind of needed prompting. So I actually met with each of them individually or in pairs if they were available in pairs to actually um, be able to describe these two pieces. And I just sat down with them and I just said, look, if, if, an, if you had the ideal world for a number talk, what would that look like? What would all the students be doing? What would they be saying? Um, and so they were able to start coming up with what that looks like. And then we said, okay, so what do you predict is your reality? What do you think your kids will be able to do now? Mm -hmm. And um, so this is what they got up there. And of course, these things changed as they as they implemented, as they should, you know, they got clearer on what the ideal would be and they got clearer on what the reality was. But as we went into studio, this link to instruction piece um, started to grow. So at first it started, um, started out that they were thinking that they needed to provide an entry point for every student. Mm -hmm. Well, my question was, okay, so when you go into thinking about what that looks like, describe it. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. What will those entry points be? So this really gave them some, you know, as they're going in, this is what they started thinking, okay, I'm going to focus on what students, how they're engaging in this and what they're able to say, what they're able to do, how they actually enter. Um, and so this was sort of their grounding document. That's interesting. I love the ideal area. Um, did you end up sort of using that then to rearticulate once you were looking at the videos, these particular areas? Um, or how did you end up using the ideal after? Do you do anything with that yet? Right. Well, I'll show you. Um, so I'm just going to go back to the dashboard and go okay. to phase two, which is the actual studio day. Mm -hmm. um, and what I tried to have them do is, um, so I posted on the actual studio day, I've posted their, the schedule and what that looks like um, so that they, because it, it is actually kind of complicated if you think about a, uh, a block schedule day and teachers in multiple classrooms, just oh, yeah. getting everybody to the right place at the right time. Yeah. So I had to provide them with the schedule. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so I had them use the language of students can and are on the verge of. And so if you notice here, this is the framing. So this, so, the, so we talked about this. We had, a, we had a, a, a meeting the day before studio for just 40 minutes to really to, to help them understand the look for is and understand how they're going to use these sentence frames. So they're using, I noticed that some students can or some students are on the verge of, and that is in terms of the ideal. Right, so if this is what we're looking for, we're, we're, we're gauging what students are doing based on the ideal. Mm 
And then I wanted them to link whatever they saw teachers doing or shifts. Um, I wanted them to link that to what students were able to do. So if a teacher um, shifted the way he was asking the question, what were students able to do after that? Mm -hmm. um, and just just giving them a way, providing them a way to talk about instruction and talk about practice. Um, and 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 they really used these sentence frames, and I was um, really really excited to see how they were using them and really expanding their thinking about what practice, um, what this practice could look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. So as you can see, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what what other questions do you have? Because I I feel like I'm just kind of running through this in my mind, kind of sequentially. But. <laughs> No, it's good to hear your thinking behind these. In fact, it's really interesting. Um, uh, I don't have any questions so far. I love the idea. I do have a comment, though, of providing sentence stems for them. And I loved mm -hmm. how you bridged their connection of um, where they wanted to go with this or what they wanted to see, their ideal, to that. You're threading that throughout, which is awesome. Um, very good. Love that. Yeah. So... Um, so there, so if you, if, I'm going to just keep scrolling down, but there's, uh, so there were four blocks. So, um, each block we had one to two, um, lab classrooms happening. Okay. And so actually I'm going to pop back up here at the schedule and look at the overview of the day to get it, to show you the better, you know, kind of gives you a, a, a way that this looks. So, at, so if you look here where it says Tuesday period one. Mm -hmm. So during that period one, there's the lab classroom, which was um, one teacher burns. And so that's the that's where the actual instruction is happening. And there were two teachers, Bellarado and Smith, that were actually observing live. Okay. And then I was filming. And then those two teachers leave after 20, after it's done, and they go reflect immediately. Mm -hmm. And then they have the middle part of their planning period to kind of think through or do whatever they need to do. But then they go back and cover for the lab classroom teacher so that he can reflect immediately as well. Okay, so, so he, then he's in on that too. Yeah. yeah. Yes, which is the right thing to do when you're thinking about looking at a teacher's practice to allow them to reflect immediately and to think that through. Sure. Which is also why I wanted to use the sentence stems to to really ground them in that um unlearning to judge, learning to see chapter. Uh -huh. So how long was the reflection period where they would talk um, together? They, well, they would be f reflecting online. Oh, so, so they so didn't do anything the face. Not until the end of the day. However, they were encouraged to meet in between classes and during lunch. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, so you can see they have reflected online um, immediately after the their their observation okay um, and then so what I would do is I would immediately upload the video from that period allowing the teacher who just taught it to watch it if he wanted to okay. um, and then go back and reflect and then also during lunch I asked all of the teachers to go back and watch a video from a class they did not they were not able to observe in person uh-huh and how long were the videos approximately they were anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. Okay, good. And we're using the app, Teach Recorder app for that, or we're using other? Yes. Okay. No, the Teach Recorder app. Great. Yep. That's so, how you um, layered it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
-hmm. So that happened four times throughout the day. We had one period that had two labs happening. Um, and then at lunchtime, and I was unable to get, I haven't loaded this yet because I don't know exactly where the right place is to put it, but I was actually able to capture video of two teachers who co-teach during fifth period planning what they were going to do um, in their class because they had already observed two and watched two videos. So they were already thinking about some things that they needed to do to shift. And the awesome thing that happened was that they, so they planned um, to use sticky notes to allow kids to use sticky notes before they started talking to see if that would help them um, just alleviate some of the anxiety around just talking. Mm -hmm. And it, it actually failed. Um, it, it actually sort of derailed the whole process and took the spontaneity out of it. And the, these teachers were awesome. They just stopped. They were like, oh, this isn't working. Okay, we're going to do a reset. Uh -huh. So they had everybody sit back down, they, they, told, they, they did a reset, they told them exactly what they were going to have them do again without the sticky notes, and then they redid the, the, the number talk right then and there. It was amazing, and they reflected on that, and they were just, and they were so willing to make that, take that risk. Uh -huh. um, and they were, and they just were, and the, their reflection on it was just amazing because they, they were able to say, yeah, we, we actually were doing it because we noticed that some kids were not talking. So we were, we were wanting to make that happen, but we realized that, you know, that just wasn't the right strategy. So we're going to try something else. Right. That's really interesting. So uh, your process is cool in that um, after those observations, you're having them write. Um, within the platform instead of talking right away. And I, uh, partly that's probably um, due to scheduling. But I'm curious if you found that that little trigger of or activity of sitting and reflecting with text um, and watching was uh, helpful in them discussing later on. Because you said at the end of the day they got to discuss, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. So um, having participated and also facilitated studio myself in the past where we actually went back into a room and we debriefed out loud so people were reflecting uh, verbally rather than written, mm -hmm. because of this structure and the time that they were given or, you know, the process put in place so they actually had, they were, they were accountable to their peers to be reflecting. Mm -hmm. um, they really, I felt like they took more time and actually, um, because of the written aspect of it, made deeper connections in their writing. And then later in the debrief that day, they saw what they were writing, but not only their own, their own reflection, but others, and really started, to, I mean, they were, they were um, surfacing um, uh, themes, um, they were asking good questions and they really were wanting to, to continue this work based on what they saw each other, or what they saw in each other's posts. Um, and, you know, several were so at the end, you know, that day because, you know, they're reflecting in private. So even though they know that this is going to be made public, they're reflecting in private. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, because they put themselves out there like that, they were really open to each other in a way that they hadn't been before, even though this is already a really open team, but they were really open to each other. And they, and so they were saying, I mean, I had a teacher say, 
you know, I, I guess that because of this process that forced us to slow down and reflect with the sentence stems, I noticed that I don't really teach that way. If I teach something in the morning and it doesn't go super great, I don't necessarily completely shift for the next periods because in my mind I don't have the time to reflect like that. Right. Um, and so they were thinking like how can it, so we're like, is that a habit or is that because I don't have time? And we were thinking, you know, it's both, but it's probably more like it's a habit. Yeah. So the, that, that I think is what the, the power of this is in that right there is thinking about the process they went through throughout the day. Um, and, and the idea that they could actually do this without me in a smaller group using video uh, was also very powerful because um, they just can't be in each other's classrooms all the time with our right. schedule. Do you, uh, on that note, um, what you're hinting on in there is the sustainability of the practice. And I know yes. that a lot of folks have struggled with that a bit, making it uh, just a regular part of what they do. And what do you think, how do you, how do you plan on making it sustainable? Do you, do you feel like, I mean, teachers had a great experience with this, um, but getting them to do it again uh, will take a bit of legwork. I mean, you put in legwork just around this too, right? Um, so what do you think, is that a challenge or is it a struggle? Have you thought about how you might do that? Yeah, I'm actually putting a lot of thought into that right now because the, one of my purposes for this was to see if it could be replicable. Uh -huh. uh, and then also, um, you know, we always talk about adult learning and PD, and it, it, the PD that works, the PD that is most effective is the PD that's, that's just sustainable and changes practice. And so I'm really tr taking this to heart right now, trying to think about how um, there's some tweaks I need to do. Uh, this would be very hard them to do in this capacity because every teacher was involved mm -hmm. uh, by themselves because it did take a lot of legwork however the you know we're a district that has coaches so I'm, my my I'm envisioning uh, for a whole team to have a coach if they're going to replicate this process mm -hmm. but I'm also thinking about um, trying to revise it so that PLCs could look at it more like a protocol Mm -hmm. and just follow the process on their own independently and using video instead of having me organize who can be in the classroom live and you know so um, but I again the sustainability piece is the golden ticket right so yeah. um, well, it's curious because I'm thinking about how um, you did this once it seems like other people will need to have this have have to go through the experience and have it sort of walk through with them um, right. And they'll also need models probably across different um, subject areas or grade levels um, because, I don't know, it's just the way people are. They like to see it within the context of uh, what they're working in. Um, but if you build some of those models uh, for them and make this process maybe readily available at the beginning of the year, and then I don't know if it's possible, but then say for each uh, quarter, I don't know if you're on quarters or semesters, but every three months, perhaps go through a different um, cycle and try to make that a goal. Um, um, I don't know if you can make it a requirement or part of credit hours, but that would add further sweetening to the pot to help them um, be motivated to move in that direction. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, that's really helpful because one of the things that I did do, so I knew, so the reason why I called this a pilot is because I shared all of this with the district before I did it. Mm -hmm. So I invited district administrators and our superintendent to be a part of the studio day or to at least observe oh. online. Yeah. Because I wanted them to see how it, I, you know, I knew, even though it was a pilot and I knew there were going to be some things that didn't work, I wanted them to see it so that we could think about doing PD this way mm -hmm. and what we would need to do in order to make it sustainable and to make it replicable for um, independent groups. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that actually kind of created some some interest and so I'm excited about right now I'm actually going to be working with our middle school coach and Sid Meyer you met her at the Teams Fest yeah um, we are going to be working together to replicate this replicate this process at the middle school because the you know uh, Debbie the principal there had seen the process online and then she heard from me during Teams Fest so um, they're already working toward how they're going to implement this at the middle school and so what we're hoping to do is align the high school and the middle school mm. so that it becomes a more of a system this is how we do it so this idea of having every three months or you know quarterly go through the cycle is is would be uh, I think easy for teachers to buy into because mm -hmm. they're already used to cycles of inquiry and they've already done a lot of teachers have already done studio so thinking about um, I think there's a, some shifts that have to be that you know this the idea of actually having this happen during live practice. Yeah. That's the that's that's a scary thing for a lot of teachers. And so just what I'd love to be able to do is just share this with them so they can see how teachers actually were able to do it. Yeah. No, it sounds great. Um, yeah. It also makes me well. I have a lot of questions about how it was re received by administration. Um, and my second thought just fleeted from my head. Um, <laughs> what was it? Oh, it was articulating the vision so people understand what you're asking them to do because it is a rather large and um, it's a large project, really, when you think about it. It's kind of intricate what you've produced here. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm curious if like an infographic of some sort might um, help them yeah. understand your vision better. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and I'd, yes. I'd love to help you with that if, if you need some help. Um, I would, I would love that help because I think you're right. And I, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And how was it received by the superintendent? Did you get any feedback? Um, I, I personally have not, but I do know that she has, um, so the, so we've just yesterday, in fact, started, the, um, as a, a admin and IC group, uh, flesh out our strategic plan for the next five years mm -hmm. and I, I do know from some of the teaching and learning folks that she has mentioned this process mm -hmm. as part of our PD plans as part of you know how we're going to get there so um, I don't I really don't know any of the details about what how she's thinking or what what you know she believes about it but I do feel like this has helped her she you know she hasn't seen the teaching channel before and how we use it right so uh, that was one of the reasons for sharing this with her and the other administrators was to help them see how we can use video in practice. Um, so that's great. No, it's yeah. a, it was really smart of you to do that. I think um, oftentimes I think people are afraid to share out because they don't know what it's going to be and what is going to happen. And you just going ahead and doing it and putting yourself out there, I think is super helpful. Um, 
you know. Um, I love the PLC structure too um, that you've you've developed here. Did you show us the third? Um, I, yeah, I I'll go there right the now. Phases here. So phase three is it happened on the same day, mm -hmm. um, but it really is the post um, post studio reflection. And um, I, I really wanted this to be more about that learning stance because, again, remember in the beginning I asked them uh, to really think about this new way of, of, of seeing and observing and writing descript description around when you, what you're observing. Mm -hmm. um, and, so I, and I wanted them to think about how the process impacted their thinking. And so that's how they posted. Um, and then they also responded to me verbally. We were able to meet for 45 minutes at the end of the day mm -hmm. uh, because I had a couple of um, other teachers and coaches that could cover for them to be able to do that. Just all, most of the math teachers in this department have seventh period free, just a couple don't. Mm -hmm. so, we, so, so in addition to their private online post, the reflection, they actually, they actually came together for 45 minutes and shared with me their feelings about the day. Mm -hmm. And um, and I really wanted it to be about that. How did you feel about being in that, maintaining that learning stance, and and how did you feel about the process? And they shared with me uh, the pros and the cons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were very frank, and it was awesome. It was very good. It was lots of positives and a lot of um, and you know opportunities for us to change. That's great. That's really great. Um, Given the structure, um, I, I still have to dive into it a little bit better um, insofar as how you are directing them. But if folks who are uh, listening and watching would like to get your structure, is it okay if they get it? Can we clone it over? Yeah. For yeah. Great. That doesn't include, it just includes what you've done and how you've guided them at the top level right. and at the step level. Right. Bring all their comments along with it. Um, yeah. This is really exciting work. I'm glad that you found uh, a rhythm with it, especially around PLCs. I know that's been a puzzle of yours since we talked in, what was it, December in D.C. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's great to see this. Um, yeah, it's exciting. I know at the time, uh, you know, Pierre was sort of, um, Pierre was thinking about more of a Dufour structure. Um, mm -hmm. and while I see elements of that in here, it's not explicit that way. And it seems to work for the context. So messing it up in the way that you need to, to make the work your own within your own context is great. Um, mm -hmm. I like seeing that. So, um, let me see if there's any other questions I have here. It sounds like it was pretty well received. Um, and we already talked about your next steps. I mean, what are your immediate next steps with this? Um, I think the planning piece, the planning aspect with uh, Anne over at the middle school are, it will be critical because it'll be a way for me to debrief the challenges mm -hmm. uh, and for us to solve those together. And then um, we really need to work, uh, we're, our goal for next year is bridging between eighth and ninth. Yep. So we, we want to use this structure to help the eighth and ninth teachers work together. So um, in addition to the grade level teams and in this, in the high school the department team. So that's my next steps. And then also just 
Um, like I said before, I feel like I need to make this replicable. And and so, like you were asking me about if I could, if people could, I could share the structure. I I feel like I need to make that structure uh, more articulated in a way that is, like you said, like an infographic or a protocol or you know, make it. This is very nuanced. You can see that I have to work behind the scenes to help, help make this happen. But that's right. Um, I want to make it replicable. Yeah, so you can sort of walk away from it a little bit more easily. I'm curious, yes. I'm curious if um, having, I know that you've done some pretty heavy lifting with this, you know, because you were thinking through it. Um, but that idea of somebody sort of facilitating and to move it along is kind of an important one. Um, in your own mind, is there a way that, you might be able to do that either through coaches or through teacher leaders um, at the school sites to sort of take on those roles? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think that um, coaches are already, I've um, shared this with the coaches and they're asking really good questions and I think they're assuming that they would take a leadership role in, um, in doing this. And, but my, you know, my idea, you know, one of my coaches when I became a coach uh, she was. She always said that you know if you, if you're working yourself out of a job, if your if your teachers are able to help their colleagues reflect and do this work mm-hmm. on their own, then that then you're doing your job. And so I want teachers to be able to step into a leadership position and be able to facilitate this work. Yeah. Um, that to me is the ideal in my own coaching. Yeah. So that's my goal is to really think about how teachers could step up and be leaders and and help um, make this work happen. Yeah, it's really interesting to think about. Um, and you, I sort of breezed over this. You talked about the the challenges of it and what teachers didn't like. Can you briefly mention some of those aspects so the listeners might mm-hmm. be able to anticipate a little bit? Yeah. So. Um, one of the challenges was that they found it a little harrying thinking about uh, being in in another teacher's classroom, going back and reflecting, then actually almost then then teaching the next period and you know so, and we were trying to discern is this because, uh, you know we we just are we have such a tight schedule anyway and we're not used to doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we're also, we talked about how this might be something that we just have to sort of hold on to and um, be, learn how to um, be mindful of it because when you do reflective work like this, it is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And we, we know that opportunity, opportunity for change comes through discomfort. So we have to be really mindful of that and say, am I just uncomfortable? And I can do this because I know that this is a day of really good work and tomorrow it's not going to feel that way. Or is it really preventing me from actually being able to reflect and think through this? So that's a challenge. It's just really like what is really happening. Right. Um, um, another challenge is that I, so my intention was actually to be able to do this completely entirely without subs. And the reality is that I needed to have some times covered outside of these teachers and so I asked another coach to come in and cover 20 minutes there come 20 minutes there yeah. so I think I can solve that that doesn't seem like a huge problem to me that's just behind the scenes scheduling mm, interesting 
Um, mm-hmm. Well, great work, Michelle. Um, very exciting. You did, a, you did a great job. I love seeing Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. You can follow Michelle on Twitter at mroundy, the number 11, and Paul at Paul R.J. Teske, all one word. And you can follow me at Snyder underscore Erica. Thanks to Paul Teske's Mad Garage Band skills for providing me our music and the teaching channel staff for all your work getting a new kind of PD up and running. And thanks to everyone for listening. If you like what you hear, head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio to subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us. We'll see you back here in two weeks when we'll be discussing inclusion in special education with author Shelley Moore.